Do you have flood faith? That means whenever your storm comes, whenever, whenever the water is drenching you and you feel like you're going to drown, you're trusting God even though you went down for the second time. This is Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad that you're with us as we continue looking at uh, the story of Noah. He actually shows up in Hebrews chapter 11, so that's where we are today, looking at faith. And I, I like that idea, that concept of having flood faith. But Pastor, sometimes that flood is so overwhelming it does feel like there is absolutely no way we're going to make it out of the situation that we're in. And I'm thinking especially of a friend of mine who a number of years ago was diagnosed with a terminal illness, and he struggled to hold on to his faith during that season. It was tough. It was a challenge. What would you say to the person who maybe is going through what feels like an overwhelming challenge right now? Well, I would say because we all go through uh, those challenges and uh, we need to learn uh, just how to trust him more. That's what it's designed to do, to put us in a place where we have to make a decision. Uh, do I believe God uh, and that he wants the best for me? Do I trust him unreservedly? Am I like Job who said, uh, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. If the outcome is not what I want, mm -hmm. can I still give God glory? Mm -hmm. And that's what faith will do. It will have you giving God glory in the midst of what you're going through. Here's what it says in First Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, here's what we need to understand, Steve, real quick that this is not to be emotional, it's to be volitional. I'm glad you said that. Because there are a lot of times when my emotions are not in it. I am tore up from the floor up, you know, and I'm just all helter-skelter, you know, like, oh, why is this going on? But what will happen is uh, God wants me to use my will as an act of my will. You know, I say, okay, this verse tells me that God is sovereign, that I can trust him. And even if the outcome is not what I want, it's going to be what he has designed. And so whatever that is, I've got to be uh, content with that mm -hmm. and trust God that uh, even if he says it's time for you to come home, uh, he does all things well. Job said it this way, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What a great way to begin today's program by uh, taking a look at that flood faith. We're going to look at it a little bit further today in the book of Hebrews. We're in chapter 11, so I hope you'll join us there as we continue the message, Working by Faith. Here's Pastor Ford. Noah, you're going to sail through what everybody else is sinking in. You say, he ain't done it for me. How many people still got their job? Look at all these people. There ought to be a good offering today. Wow, that's, that's 90%. 
That's about 90% of our congregation still have jobs when 4 million people lost their job. How many still have their apartment or their house? Yeah, how many still have a brother or a sister? When people have lost a brother or sister, anybody's mama still with them? You ought to thank God, even if you don't like her. And you know why you don't like her? Because you just like her. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, you know you just like your mama. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so what does God do? God says, listen, uh, I'm breaking them down, but I'm building you up. Noah, you're going to rise. You're about to blow up. And so then he now says, listen, listen. Now listen to this. This is amazing because what God has done is he does what he always do. He lets his people in on how to be preserved from what everybody else is going through who don't have him. What did God say? God warned him. Now look at the second part, the revelation. What did God tell him? Come on, holler that. Talk back to me, my Bible students. It's going to rain. Now, what's so significant about that? Come on, my Bible student. It never rained before. See, the earth, the Bible says, Genesis 6, 3, was, was watered by a mist that came up from the earth. And before, you ever wonder why people live so long? Because there was a canopy of water that surrounded the earth that acted like an incubator that kept the harmful rays of the sun from aging people. And so that canopy of water served as a, a age deterrent so that people live longer than they do now. And, and so what did God do? God said, listen, listen, listen. I'm about to do something and I'm going to warn you so that what happens to them won't happen to you. And it's amazing. God did it. He said, build a boat. Noah said, what's a boat? And I'm hundreds of miles away from the nearest body of water. And God said, do you have flood faith? What is a flood? It's what's going to happen when the rain comes. What is rain? And so Noah begins to build the ark. Now, here, now this, this is this something. Now, listen, listen. Uh, you just write these down. I don't have time to, to, to develop these. Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 6. God tells Habakkuk, I'm sending the Babylonians to discipline Israel. He tells them about the calamity before the calamity comes. Jonah chapter 1. I'm going to bring judgment upon Nineveh. Go warn them. God always gives warning. And the problem is we don't listen. You say, God ain't warned me. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness and light with darkness? And some of y'all, I ain't going to ask you to raise your hand. You hooked up with an unsaved person. Now you suffering the consequences of it. And you blaming God for what he never told you to do. As a matter of fact, he warned you. And you got stuck on stupid, you messing around with somebody who has no faith in Jesus Christ and your life is shipwrecked because you didn't listen to the warning. Let me move on. Proverbs chapter 6, it says don't co-sign for anybody. And some of you right now paying for cars you ain't never driven. And on and on it goes. God warns us in his word. Why? Because he's trying to protect us. Noah, are you going to listen to me? And here's what I like about it. You have to put on your Greek glasses to see this. It is eris, passive, 
participle. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all Greek to me. Let me tell you what it means. Now, somebody tell me, how long was he in building this boat? 120 years. Now, let me tell you what eris passive participle means. Eris past tense means something that happened point in time. Participle means it keeps on moving. Now, get this. In that 120 years, do you know how many times God told Noah, build an ark because the rain is coming? One time. One time. And participle means he kept moving in the word that he had been given. See, when you don't get a new word from God, you should still be doing the old word that God gave you. And if you don't get a new word, it literally means God doesn't want you doing anything new until you fulfill all that he wants you to do in the old word. See, I don't need a new revelation because I already got a old revelation. So all I got to do is go off of what I already been told. See, I have a need, but I already been told. But my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. I, I feel like sometimes I'm being forsaken, but I already got the word. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor seed begging for bread. I I'm going through what I'm going through. And I say, I, you know, I don't know how I'm going to make it through. But then I hear they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When you don't have a new word, you go off of the old word that God gave you. Yeah. In other words, he told him and he never had to repeat it for 120 years. How often does God have to tell us something? Noah believed and he didn't doubt. He acted on what God said. That's the bottom line. Do you have flood faith? That means whenever your storm comes, whenever, whenever the water is drenching you and you feel like you're going to drown, you're trusting God even though you went down for the second time. Now notice secondly with me. Notice secondly. Faith reverences God's will. It says he was moved with fear. Now this is not the word phobia. The word phobia means he was afraid of God. I'm, I'm afraid of God. No, no. It, it is a word uh, that literally means goodwill. Point number one is what he did. Point number two is how he did it. Point number one is the action. Point number two is the attitude. See, there's a lot of people that do what God wants done, but they don't do it in the way God wants it done. They don't do it with the right attitude. See, here's what he's saying. That when you realize that what God has is for your preservation and your revelation, then you will understand that what God is telling you to do in the midst of the flood is for your own good, and you won't have a funky attitude. Yeah, you ever see people like that? They're in ministry, but you wish they weren't? Because they act like they're doing God and you a favor? Yeah. You're listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr. I bet a lot of us can think of somebody like that. We're going to get back to this message, Working by Faith, in just a moment. But we'd love to know how Pastor Ford's teaching is making a difference in your life. You can always give us your feedback by coming to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org, and clicking on the contact link. We recently heard from a listener in Illinois who writes, Pastor Ford, I just want to say thank you. 
Your lessons always seem to relate to something that's happening in my life. A lot of pastors now use velvet gloves, but you, sir, use a bat. You tell it like it is and like we need to hear. And that's something that I greatly respect and love. I just finished listening to your Takers series and can't wait for what God puts on your heart to teach next. Once again, thank you. Well, Spencer, thank you for giving us your feedback and letting us know how God's using this program to make a difference in your life. If we've not heard from you before, would you let us know where you listen and how the Lord may be using Pastor Ford's teaching? Again, you can come to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the contact link. Let's get back to the message, Working by Faith, once again. Here is Pastor Ford. Remember, remember, come on, help me out, help me out, that, that the levels uh, of what we ought to do ought to be the top level. Some people do it out of what? Discipline. Some out of duty. Some out of delight. Some out of devotion. Reverence, that word literally means he was devoted to what God wanted done in the midst of the flood. Here's a man that wasn't a shipbuilder. He was a wine dresser. And he shifted because God said, shift, make this your priority. And he didn't kick. It's, oh, God, here we go. He talked about giving three times in this message. I can't wait. I don't know what he's going to do with the offering. You know, oh, man, he talks about service and serving and all oh, my goodness. So he was move reverential awe for God. And then, then notice, let me give you these real quick because we got to go. Faith rebukes God's wicked world. What's going on here? By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. So then he prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world. Okay, so at your job, in your school, in your neighborhood, at the health club, when people look at your lifestyle, how do they feel about Jesus? Here's a man. Now, I wish I could tell you what was going on. I just don't have time. But suffice to say, here's, here's what's going on in a nutshell. Genesis chapter 6 tells us that what had happened was the sons of God saw the daughters of men. Now, some of you know my position. I take the position that the sons of God are angelic beings. So that twice in the Old Testament, sons of God, Job 1, Job 2, uh, come before the throne of grace. Uh, so I believe there are angelic hosts Sons of God are not used, is not used in the Old Testament to speak of believers at all, except when it says sons of Israel. So then what happened? These angels cohabited with women, formed a superhuman race of people called the Nephilim. God looks out and he sees Noah who's living righteous and he finds favor in the eyes of God. And so if you, uh, I'll give you the references real quick, even if I can't go through and explain all of it to you. Uh, but let me give you these references so that you can go through and you can see that this is what was happening and how he rebuked the, the world by his righteousness. Uh, so uh, write, write these down. First Peter, first Peter chapter three, uh, verses 19 through 21. Second Peter, second Peter. Chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, and then Jude, verses 6 and 7. So check those out, and they'll help you get the context uh, for what I'm talking about, uh, that God says that his lifestyle rebuked the wicked world in which he lived. 
Uh, so then because he was living righteous and he was a righteous person, God condemned the rest of the world based on the righteousness of Noah. And that is how you living, how you living. If somebody looks at you, can they see the light of Christ shining through you? And so the whole world is condemned. And, and, and this is the thing. Now look at, look at what Noah did. Uh, Noah uh, built the ark. Only eight people got saved, according to 2 Peter. That was his family. His family got saved. Now here's what I like. It says that Noah didn't have children until he was 500 years old. And that the flood didn't come until the 600 year of Noah's life. What does that mean? That means when he first started building the ark, he didn't have any children. But after he started building the ark, his children, so you know what that means? He passed the baton of faith down, so he's out there building. And, and, and Mrs. Noah has three babies. And maybe they're one year after the other. Now they're, they're growing up. Hand me the hammer, Shem. Uh, grab that nail, Japheth. Uh, come on, come on. And, and so what happened? All the time he's building, he had to be communicating to his children that, that listen, God is going to destroy the earth. Why are you doing that, daddy? And remember now, he was a preacher of righteousness. You would have loved this congregation. Let me tell you why. Because you come together and Pastor Noah would come and, and he'd say, all right, we've had the worship and the music. Now it's time for me to preach. It's going to rain. Amen. God bless you. Ushers, come forward. Take the offering. It's going to rain. Next Sunday. Uh, my text today is the only word I ever got from God. It's going to rain. Ushers, come on, take the offering. It's going to rain. That's his message. Now, wait a minute now. Think about it from the other perspective. You ain't never saw rain because it's never rained. Here's a man building a boat that's humongous. They say it's a football field and a half long. That's a 96,000 square feet. Away from water. Can you imagine what's going on every day? Man, uh, you know, you know, Noah, he's a wine dresser. He's been drinking too much of his own shampoo, man. You know, like, like he's talking about it's going to rain and all this kind of stuff. You know, what, what's going on? And so here's, here's the picture. When people look at you and say, that's stupid. To believe in a God you can't see to believe in a Jesus that you say died for you and you, you can't verify it uh, with your senses. And you know, don't worry about that because the Bible says, without faith it's possible to please him for he to come to God and must believe that he is and that he's water of them that diligently seek him. Okay, let's make it plain. Let me get the last one. Let's get out of here. When they tell the dirty jokes, when you come around, do they stop? When the bootleg man comes around, does he skip your house? When the brother that steals the hot merchandise approaches you, does he say, oh, that's right, you don't buy it. Let me finish up. I'm, I, you know, I done gone to the middle. Then, then, then it received God's wealth. Here's what he's talking about. And became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So then Noah then becomes a person who establishes the righteousness of God in his life. I close, and you've been so gracious, but let me just bottom line it. I, I got to really bottom line it. So what's he talking about? That you know he was righteous by the actions that he demonstrated and displayed. That's all he's saying. If you really know Jesus, then live like it. 
If you really know Jesus, show it. So he became heir of the righteousness of God. I, I tell you, I, I like this, uh, uh, the, the story that comes on about, uh, about these undercover bosses. And uh, I don't know if you saw the one where the owner of the Cubs came down into the stands and put on the uniform that the people who sell the peanuts and the popcorn and the beer uh, had on. And he put them on and he came down and they didn't even know who he was. And he was working among them and they didn't even know who he was. And he, 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 when he, when he was done, the story was, you know, if you ever watch it, it's really, it's really funny sometimes. Uh, so he goes back and then he begins to tell them what he saw in them based on him becoming one of them. That's what righteousness is all about. That the Lord Jesus Christ put on our uniform of humanity and he came down here and lived among us. And he showed us how it's supposed to be done. Then he died for us on Calvary, went back up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of the father and intercedes for you and I right now that you and I have become the righteousness of God in him justified freely based on faith. Now he's saying Noah took that faith in justification and transposed it into action in sanctification and demonstrated that the faith that he placed in Jesus Christ for salvation is also good for everyday living. Do you have flood faith? Let me ask you another question. Have you transformed your faith into action? Hey, we'd love to know how. You can contact us when you come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org. Pastor Ford has entitled this message, Working by Faith. And often what prevents us from putting our faith into action is we just don't know how to respond to cultural issues. You know, the world pulls us in a hundred different directions. And everybody seems to have an opinion, especially on topics like abortion, immigration, and poverty. And to help you find clarity on what the Bible says about these topics, as well as others, we'd love for you to have a book by David Platt called Counterculture. Focusing on what it means to live out the gospel, David shows how the cross-centered life responds to the needs of our time. We'll send you a copy when you give a gift of any amount to Moody Radio. Just call us at 888-644-7660 or come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org. In Counterculture, David Platt speaks from experience on some really big issues. As a young pastor of a local growing church and was the president of an international mission board, David has seen the painful results of a broken world firsthand. In Counterculture, he shows how God desires the church to stand up for truth with compassion. This is a book that you can read on your own, or you can use it as the basis for a study group with friends. Each chapter includes some helpful questions to provoke reflection and discussion. But time is running out to give a gift and request a copy. Again, call now at 888-644-7660 or go to treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios, and Pastor Ford will be back tomorrow with a message on Abraham right here on Treasured Truth. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.